The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. Today we're going to look at the uh, characters, the true, and again when we say the Christmas story, it is not a story, in fact it is a historical factual event. And then we're going to look at the characters of the wise men and the shepherds. As you witnessed last week, each of these individuals played a key role in proclaiming uh, the the birth of Jesus Christ, but also in carrying out the worship of Christ, and why wise men and why shepherds? And so that's a question I've kind of always been curious about, but never taken the time to really look at until this past week. But in your bulletins, and I hope you got one, you'll see a section there about prayer and fasting. And so the first full week of January, I'm asking us all to fast. Now, you may say, well, preacher, I don't like the preacher asking me to do that. I think that's something that should be spirit-led. Well, when do you fast would be my next question. Because Scripture says when you fast. Um, so it's not an if, it's a when. So I would encourage you to practice the discipline. And I'm going to ask you as your pastor to be concerned enough to the point of sacrifice for the prosperity and the fruition of this local congregation. Um, and one of the search committees one time asked me, what do you do when the deacons don't agree with you? And I say, well, we fast. And they said, well, how long do you fast for? And I said, until they're hungry enough to agree with me. So the Lord has a way of moving in our lives when we sacrifice and just take time to set. So again, I'm not telling you what to fast from. I mean, we all have different medical conditions. I'm just telling you to identify something in your life that often takes more time than probably what it should. Um, I wouldn't encourage work to, uh, to, to, to be that this week. Uh, but whether it's a food item, whether it's social media, uh, whether it's a hobby, whatever that be, just take that time and dedicate that to prayer that God would move in a miraculous fashion in our community in the direct fulfillment of the Great Commission, in our marriages, among our children, and their protection. As we recognize the spiritual depravity of our nation, may we respond in a desperate desire for the Lord's intervention, not an arrogant approach of judgment. Okay, so that's one. And so if you're a guest this morning, kind of here's how today's going to go. I'm going to preach a sermon shorter than I normally do, or that's the plan. Don't hold me to it. And then we're going to go into a business session. And whenever we go into a business session, anyone that would like can be excused. We won't talk about you. Um, even if you're a church member and you think, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go home. That's, that's fine. I'd encourage you to stay. As not only are you voting on the budget, but their strategic vision for 2024. Now, saying a vision is very simple. But identifying steps to accomplish said vision, that's going to take each of us doing with intentionality and support. Okay, so I'm going to explain a little bit of this, of those, of you, I hope, when I get it out of my mouth, there is a packet in the foyer. That sounded pretty fancy, didn't it? I'm trying to come out of being a redneck and be a little more 
um, educated. So in the foyer for your, up, you know that spot out front where we put things? Go there. Uh, you'll see this packet. So as soon as I've closed the service, if you don't have one of these or have not seen one of these, I'm going to ask you to go grab one and then come back in for the business meeting, okay? Because I don't want to be lost. And you want to be lost in conversation. And I want everyone to be on the same page. And I want you to feel free to ask questions, okay? Questions are what relationships are made out of. And I want you guys to trust me and uh, hear explanations as to each thing that may affect you. So I'm going to open the word of prayer. And if you have your Bible, I normally do not do this, but we're going to look at two different portions of Scripture. So what I'm going to do is ask you to find the first one, and then the second one I'll just read to you as you stand momentarily. And I'm going to trust you to trust me to read it right, okay? But I'll tell you where it is in case you want to thumbnail it. First, we're in Matthew chapter 2. We're going to look at the wise men. I'm going to read this, the wise men's account, which you heard from a personal perspective last week. Thank you again to all who participated in that. That was just fun. Did y'all enjoy it? I mean, okay, good. All right. And then next, we're going to go to Luke chapter 2. So again, I apologize for the jumping. I normally do not like to do that. I like to kind of nest in one spot. But we're going to read the account of the wise men, the account of the shepherds, and then draw a conclusion as to why the Lord would pick um, these two, or not two individuals, but two different positions in life to herald or to worship uh, the child king. So let us begin with a word of prayer. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the opportunity we have together. Not for the sake of tradition, but out of desire for your glory. And Lord, as decisions rest upon the table... Uh, For your bride, I pray that your bride would understand her call and her sovereign strategic location to reach this community. We have a responsibility, certainly spiritual, but also relational and civil, Lord, that this community would be better because of our investments, our relationship, the resources that we have at our disposal. And that you would create, you would form new partnerships to not just improve life, but bring Christ to every life. And Lord, as we look at these two groups of individuals and the truth of Scripture, I pray you would illuminate us as as you did them with the signs and the wonders. Lord, we know you're a miracle-working God. We believe that, and there are those among us who genuinely need a miracle in their life. So, Lord, I pray we would seek you, that you can be found. Lord, that you would draw all of us close to your side, that we would worship, not just with song on a Sunday morning in spirit and truth, but that our lives would sing to the top of its lungs with a song of worship. Lord, whatever time we have before us, may the unity of the church be a priority over any of our individual values or opinions. And Lord, I would ask that you would protect that. This is your bride. This is your church, not ours. These are your, this is your budget, not our money. And so, Lord, I pray we begin to function in a manner of stewards, not managers. 
And it is in that name, that precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, well, let us join each other here. And um, let's go back to Matthew chapter 2. And if you're there, would you stand out of recognition for God's infallible, inerrant word? If you get cold, let me invite you up to the fireplace. It's putting off a nice warm glow. I appreciate uh, Miss Emily and the decoration for the children tonight. You be back tonight. I did not, while if you see the 2024 strategic vision, it includes um, possibly a smaller pulpit, but I didn't do this today, okay? Because some of you be like, he done moved it and we didn't vote. No, no. Um, I had to pick something that covered up my gut just a little bit better. Matthew chapter 2. Here we go. You ready? Say amen. amen. Well, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the, king, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw it started, it's rising, and we have come to worship him. Now, you need to understand that the wise men are just not a common class of individuals. They are men. um, Some of the scholars even claim them to be kings of different cities, countries in the East. So these were educated men. They were financially accomplished men. They were politically accomplished men. These men would study philosophy, astronomy, um, mathematics, these guys were top of the ring when it comes to character, I'm not going to say character, intelligence and accomplishment, okay? So in their astronomy, they know the prophecies, and so they saw the star. <clears throat> well, when King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Christ would be born. Well, in Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this was what was written in the prophecy. And you, Bethlehem, the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Well, then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them back, sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. Well, after hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and then what does it say? And being warned in a dream not to trust Herod or go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. Now let us go to the story of the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. And it says, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields, keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people He favors. Let us pray. Lord, we believe as a people Your Word to be true and inerrant. This is not the Christmas story. Lord, this is the factual, God-given account of the birth of the child king. And John, it says, your word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so here we see that event take place. And Lord, I pray that we would be ready with our gifts, with our fellowship, and with our worship to recognize the one true and living God. And it is in the name of the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You be seated. Well, we need to identify first, I believe, to understand why these two groups of people. Uh, why not the priests? Why not right the, the church members at the lo- local temple synagogue? Why, why was it these two groups of people that were given such miraculous signs to come and identify who the king of the Jews was. Who the king of kings is and has always been. Well, I, I think, let's, let's look at who they are and what they do. So again, we mentioned the wise men, that they're the elite. They're the elite mind, they're er, the aristocracy, if you will, of their time. Whether or not they were truly kings, the, the idea that some would qualify them as kings gives an insight into their stature. We actually have several scholars agreed in my studies of even the names. Normally the wise men would travel, would communicate, would concur in groups of 8 to 12. We see in this story... And most believe in the story there were three because of the three gifts. And no individual with that perception of accomplishment would have arrived in the presence of a king without a gift. And so there are other wise men, but in this situation, it is agreed, most agreed upon, that there were three. One, his name was Melkor, Persian scholar. And it says they came from the east. The second, Caspar. And again, these, these names aren't necessarily important other than we recognize this was a factual event and history can go back and deduct the men's names. And this is not just the story of our Jesus. This is the story of Jesus Christ. And then you have Caspar. Well, he's often given credit and he, he's gone by several other names. But given credit of founding Kandahar, a nation, a country that most people will recognize from geography. And then there's Bathazar, 
who was a Babylonian scholar. And again, whether or not that was their actual names doesn't change the the context of the story. Doesn't change the, the importance of who they represented. The wise men represented the smartest of the smart, the richest of the rich, the most accomplished of the most accomplished. These were the folks that when they walked into a room, someone knew who they were, whether by name, by dress, or by accomplishment. These men were someone. And for them to be so intelligent, educated, and recognized, that's a new star. Have you ever looked at the stars? There's several of them. Right? Now, I'm doing pretty good when I can find the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper. I mean, I feel like I've recalled a lot of my education very effectively when I'm like, hey, kids, come here. There's the Big Dipper, y'all. See it? No. Well, it's right. You know how hard it is to find something when you're pointing at it. Anyway, so when I see them at night, I'm like, hmm, boy, I'm smart. But for these guys, they knew every star, and they saw a new star arise, and they began to put things together. Now, hey, I don't think you have to be real shocked. Did anyone stay up and watch the meteor shower the other night? I intended to, and then I forgot about it. I was so disappointed, because I thought down here in the middle of a sugar cane field, you might be able to see some pretty cool stars. But by golly, we missed it. There's nothing more beautiful than those things that happen astrologically. And so they saw the new star and they got to thinking, what could this be? And then they remembered a prophecy that the star of David would represent the child king, the Messiah. Now, whether or not they believed, whether or not they had faith in the one true and living God was, was not very likely. But as wise men, as those that were educated in culture and politics, mathematics, philosophy, they're constantly wanting to yearn. And and so there would have been right a knowledge of what Scripture had predicted. And then they saw the star and they got together and they determined, whoa, this may be that star. And if it is that star... You also got to take into consideration by the time they got there, Jesus was a teenager. So rumor had spread. Word on the street was there had been a child born of a virgin whose name was Mary. You got to get those two things first, folks. Mary was a virgin. God did not make Jesus perfect after Joseph and Mary conceived. Joseph had nothing to do with their conception, but did raise him as his father. And so they had heard rumor, then they see the star, and so they determine as a group of men seeking truth, let's go see who this child is. Let's just go see. And so they set out on journey to identify who the king of kings and if there was prophecy and then there was the fulfillment of the prophecy that anyone might be able to deduct that's pretty significant that if the nation of Israel had been waiting on this child 
And then the, the prediction of the star, the prediction of his birth from a virgin. And this, they're just putting, they're deducting everything that's happening around them into a conclusion. And so their conclusion from the most elite was this is truly the Son of God. And they didn't just set out. They went with gifts. They intended to worship. Catch this. If you feel like you're going to the presence of the Almighty, you bring a gift. Now, there's gifts that we have, right? Spiritual gifts, fiscal gifts, sentimental gifts, and then gifts of person, giving yourself. And so the idea is, each Sunday we know that next Sunday is, it's, yes, but it's coming too, right? I forgot it was Christmas. So let's take into consideration, we know Sunday is coming, and when we go to worship the King, there should be an intention of us recognizing who He is. Does that make sense? And so these three wise men who probably had the wisdom and the scholarship and the depths of depravity from the world still sought to worship the one that would be the Messiah with the excitement. It said they were filled with excitement. And we know every Sunday we come to worship the one true and living God, right? Somebody give me some or I'm just going to quit. Right? We know. We, do you believe this story? Say amen. amen. Then folks, we come and we should come prepared just like these wise men of the world came. There w- is or was their worship more significant than yours is as a saved and redeemed child of the Almighty. And so they brought gifts with the intention to worship. We know the story. They found Christ in the timeline as we see the nativity scenes a little bit off, but not, nothing wrong. Well, then you got another group, the shepherds. Shepherds lived with their sheep. They slept out. They represented the the lowest in society. I mean, my boy's mayor may not have asked me, hey, Dad, do we need a bath because we didn't do anything today? And my answer was still preferably, right? Well, you imagine living day in and day out with sheep. No, No shower, bath. Just threw a little dirt on it and kept going. Food, whatever they could get. So they, they live out in the wild. No money. Often, they're portrayed as drunkards. Sexual deviants. They represented the folks no one wanted to be around. They belonged in the field. They had no accomplishment. They had no good reputation. They had no wealth. All they did 
Let's take care of the old stinking sheep. Well, now, it's interesting that an angel appeared to them. Have you guys been reading about those in Hamas, around Hamas, around Palestine, and the Gaza Strip who are seeing dreams of the Christ? But God miraculously decides, and the star was miraculous. But I think for the wise men, and I think Christ's revelation to each one of us is very personal. He reveals himself to us in the way we need to understand. He's the same God. But for the shepherds, they wouldn't have known the star was any different. The star may have still been in the same sky. But they wouldn't have noticed. They're tending to the sheep. They don't look at the stars. So God will uniquely communicate to you in your time of need. In the place He reveals Himself to you may very well be like any other, but He knows you and He loves you. And so to the shepherds, they've seen it all. They fought lions and tigers and bears. There you go. Are you with me? And so their lives, while mundane, these guys really ain't afraid of nothing. I mean, they, they fight off thieves. They chase away wolves. They break their own sheep's legs and carry them when they get out of line. Now, that's church discipline. And so for these guys, these guys are a different sort. These guys are the rough, tough. These guys are the one no man would tangle with. And so for them, it took something very different. And so it says the angel of the Lord appeared to them. Now, there'd be times where these men didn't see each other for a pretty long stretch, especially during the droughts. They'd have to take those sheep to water, and that was wherever water could be found. And so they're out there socially deprived... Hadn't seen anyone, and then an angel appears? That's kind of hard to ignore. And I also want you to know, when the Lord reveals himself to you, it's going to be hard to ignore. Now, you can pretend like it didn't happen, but you can't ignore it. You'll know God is real. It's your responsibility and the decision you make in the days to come. And so, you can just imagine these old boys, education wasn't a part of their life, and now, now, we know that's not necessary. I'm not knocking anyone that's in that sudden life. I'm just saying these boys, all they knew were to count the heads and the rear ends of the sheep. That was the extent of their life. And so when the, the heavens open and an angel appears and says, I bring you glad tidings of great joy, I don't reckon these guys are accustomed to much good information. And when you're sitting out in the field... And you're known to be a drunkard, and an angel appears to you, you're probably wondering. Maybe that shine was a little too stout, right? <laughs> Y'all ain't with me this morning. And so that they got lost. So the angel defines person, purpose and person. Because these guys, they're not the legit characters of society. These are the, these are the castaways. And so the shepherds receive, and obviously they're afraid because he tells them don't be afraid. 
And friend, when the Lord gives you a revelation and it gives you a task, don't be afraid. And for the shepherds, there's a lot of things going through their head. Well, what about the sheep? What are we supposed to do about these sheep if you want us to go find this Christ child? And he says, don't be afraid, don't fear, don't worry. In other interpretations. Do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. Because I'm God. And I'm God for you shepherds. I'm God for you wise men. Now you see, he wasn't coming to redeem the middle-income Southern Baptist congregation. He was coming to redeem the richest and the wisest to the lowest of the low and the filth of the filthiest. He came for everyone. And He came for you. And His revelation to you and I is so very specific. He didn't leave the wise man room to question. Did He? Follow the star. Go find He even, the wise men, even in a dream, were warned not to go back to Herod. See, God's God's instructions are very specific. His revelation, very personal. And His mission, universal. It's for everyone. God did not keep His salvation from anyone. It doesn't matter your stead in life. It doesn't matter what you make. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. It doesn't matter the crimes or the sins you've committed. His blood is sufficient for the sins of the world. So, why the wise men? Why the shepherd? Well, they represent the extremes of society. The extremes of any society. The extremes of every society. They also represent the man who lives and tries to make the right decisions, but thinks he's a good man. That's the wise men. They think They've got life put together for the women who think, I'm a good woman. And then you've got, on the other hand, those that know, whoa, (laughs) I'm still sobering up, angel. Give me just a second. It's hard for me to believe you would appear to me. Hey, there's other people. It's a long ways, but they're much better over there. No, when God appears, when God reveals, when He says there's only one name under heaven among men by which we must be saved, that's exactly what He means. And that was the one they were sent to. Wise men, you have contemplated, you have considered, you, you have used philosophy and humanism to answer the dilemma of humanity and try to give some understanding to how we're here, why we're here, and yet you've fallen short because there's only one true explanation. You see, we'd be considered 
a lot of wise men today. Evolution is an attempt of a self-proclaimed wise man to explain something that only the hand of God has the power to create. I mean, I was reading that we're a little new fancy telescope thing, and I don't quite understand this. It saw radio waves. Um, I normally hear them, but apparently this thing sees them. And it was out like past this new, past the Milky Way in a place we've never looked before. And there's a radio wave out there. I think they said it was playing Hank Williams Jr. <clears throat> I don't even know what necessarily what that means. But to consider the expanse is what I'm asking you to entertain. The same God who created the expanses of the universe appeared and communicated to the wisest and to the lowest. Now I can say with 100% confidence, I ain't the wisest. That's not me. I can say with 2% confidence, I ain't the lowest, (laughs) right? Somewhere in between is where I fall. And his blood covers all the sins of the world. And his revelation, friend, and here's what we take for granted. This is not a book with the location where it's held in some library. This is the revelation of God to you. And if you don't have one, apps are fine. I personally prefer a tangible copy of God's Word. There's a pew Bible in there and feel free to take it home. We're about to vote to replace those pew Bibles with more user-friendly Bibles. doesn't change the message. It changes the format, size of the font, and verbiage of the font. And let everyone that needs a Bible take one home. Friend, this, this is life-changing. This is His personal revelation to each and every one of you. Now, both the wise men and the shepherds had to decide what they were going to do with Jesus. And, you know, statistics tell us it's much easier for those of lower income to trust in Christ than those who have accomplished great deeds on themselves, by themselves. So we don't really, shepherds they worshipped, yes, but for the wise men to contemplate and feel impelled to worship, compelled to worship before they even meet him, I mean, they're carrying these gifts. And these are not low-cost, right, clearance items. They bring their best. And then it says they fell and worshipped Him. Because here's where God is. He is past anything we've ever attempted to comprehend before. I mean, I don't even really know how a seed works. But I sure do love planting stuff. You ever planted anything and just waited? I remember my first garden. 
and I had a lot of pressure. I had a wife. And I wanted her to think I was a farmer. So, you know, back then, a couple dollars for a little tomato plant from Cobb was pretty expensive. And I was, so I planted that little dude. It wasn't a seed. I've never, I've eaten a tomato seed, but I've never planted one. And I watched that dude grow. And then I watched the, you know, the, the tomatoes show up. And just in watching it grow, it was such a beautiful expression of, I don't know how it grows. When I look at it, it's inanimate. It looks dead. It doesn't think. But it grows. And how does it determine to put a branch there or a branch there? You say, well, there was no shade on it. It was, it's like it was making decisions without a brain. And that's where I started understanding or beginning to perceive the depth of his sovereignty. He reigns over every event and every yes decision that creation makes because it's his. Then I ate the tomato and they were better than yours. Nothing's better than your own tomato, right? And then, Jeanette was pregnant. And, well, I kind of knew the how. We went and looked at the ultrasound, and you know, about the, the third, fourth one, they had those things where they'd show you the baby, right? Now, I get procreation, and there's a little bit I, I had an involvement in it, but how in the world... Did something microscopic turn into something so specific? So many decisions were made. Eye color, number of hairs, right? It's not just hair or not, it's numbers of hair. Toes, fingers, knees, elbows, movement. The heart started beating. So many decisions were being made, and where was this information being dictated from? The Word that keeps us all together. Oh, friend. So, what I hope we leave this morning is, the wise men to the shepherds, they left in awe. They left in awe of Him. Now I want you to know or consider, process, how much more you know of him than they did. And where did you lose your awe? Where did you misplace your worship? Where did you forget your call? Lord, we love you and we thank you for the opportunity we have to gather here this morning. And I pray that The word of truth has pierced those callous places in our hearts. And Lord, whether lost or redeemed, we leave never the same. There's no way those shepherds were ever the same. There's no way those wise men were ever the same. And yet week in and week out, we seem to leave unchanged. Lord, I don't ask for discipline. 
ask for grace and mercy upon all of us. That our indifference would be, be dealt in the courtrooms of the heavens with grace and mercy, Lord. But at some point, some point, you don't ask, you expect your people to worship. And that's with, just as the wise men and the shepherds, that's with their presence. You've called us to be a church. To not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as some do. Or it is also with our gifts that you have given each one of us as believers spiritual gifts. And we're to utilize those in the service of your kingdom through the bride, the church. And then, Lord, there's also the fact of giving from what you've blessed us with, our finances. And so, Lord, I pray if folks in here haven't considered or prayed about that, that they would begin. And, Lord, just make steps toward righteousness, just one little step. And that we would begin to trust you. We don't have to go far like they did to be in your presence. You're right here. And so, Lord, I pray that in Sundays, months, and years to come, the voice, the excitement, the worship of this church would draw men, women, and boys and girls into yourself. And it is in the name of these sovereign, gracious God, man, Jesus Christ, we pray. For the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's in the name of Jesus. By the blood and through the blood, we pray. Amen. Now I'm going to extend the invitation this morning. But the altar is, is open if you'd like to come and pray. But I'm going to ask if you would stand for just a few moments. At the end of the invitation, uh, whenever I dismiss you, if, if you'd like to leave, and, or if you're not a church member and you don't want to stay, if you are, if you're not a church member and you want to stay, feel free. Um, we're, we're not going to fight. Don't, don't be worried about that. But uh, you do what the Lord leads you. Over the next few minutes, let me ask you this. Have you ever responded to Jesus Christ? You've seen the revelation If you've ever been around a Bible, you've probably heard the revelation. Just as he appeared to the wise men, just as he appeared to the shepherds, he's appeared to you. You've read his word. And so now you're responsible. You see, my call is to share the word with you. What you do with that word, that's on you. So if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please, 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 let me pray with you this morning. Call, schedule a time with me anytime. I don't care. And let me share the gospel with you. Let me lead you to Jesus Christ. Or friend, you just pray silently right where you're at. All it takes is for you to call upon the Lord. There, there's no magic prayer. It's a position of your heart to recognize and to surrender to His Lordship. Friend, if, if you've been called to live above the filth and foul of this world and your life resembles that of a shepherd friend I'd encourage you to rededicate your life go back go back to that time of worship go back to that place 
Go back to the truth of worship. If you've never followed in baptism, friend, the Bible tells you to do that as his child. Please let me know. We'll get that scheduled as soon as we can. Whatever it is you need to do, you do in the next few moments. I'll be right here at the front pew. The altar's open. Um, Lord, you have your way. The preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.